600 pounds. That's like a refrigerator. That's a lot. That's a lot of weight. And that is how much my friend Justin Willoughby has lost. He's going to be on the podcast today talking about how he lost the weight, but also the things in his life that he's gone through lately, divorce, uh, being wounded, and growing through that process. He's going to talk about that with us today here on the Manlyhood Mancast. Men, your journey to becoming a better man starts today. Grab a hold of what matters and make it count. Welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast with Josh Hadger. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Men, welcome to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and I know I always greet you as men or gentlemen, and I know we've got some ladies listening to. Ladies, hi, we see you. <laughs> but this is a podcast for men. Uh, so I don't care who's listening, if you're a lady and you're listening, or if you aren't sure what you are and you're listening, you're welcome to listen. I'm hoping that you can pull some value out of this. What I do know is that the ones who are going to get the most value out of this are men who are trying to become even better men. And I'm grateful that you guys are a part of the manlyhood movement. Thank you. Uh, let's help spread the word, guys. If this episode speaks to you, if it helps you, I want you to share it with your friends. Let's get the word out about what we're doing here at Manlyhood. Without further ado, let's talk to our guest today. Justin Willoughby is one of my best friends. I've known him since he was uh, just shy of 800 pounds. And yeah, yeah, it's pretty awesome to see the, the transformation in his life. And I was there when he went through one of the hardest things he'd ever gone through. And uh, I was so honored to have him actually physically here in the studio with me. And we talked through his journey, talked through the things he's learned. And yeah, this is good stuff. So without further ado, let's get into our interview with Justin Willoughby. Justin Willoughby, dude, uh, it's so great to have you on the Main Living Mancast today. <sighs> Can't believe I'm in, I'm, in the, I'm in the room. Yeah, you actually, <laughs> look, 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 oh, you touched me. Get out of here. <laughs> He touches me way too much, folks. That's too much of a bromance going on. Um, it's awesome because typically uh, most of my guests are in other parts of the world. Uh, mostly the country, but other parts, you know, wherever. And you actually live in another part of the country now. So I don't get to just touch you <laughs> normally. Just watch the hair. That's all I care about. <laughs> Goodness. And so you're in town yep. and we get to have a conversation in person, which is really cool. I'm, I always love to have guests. I'm really glad I have a studio and the place to do it. So pretty cool. It is exciting. I'm excited to be here. It took, us, was, like, it took us like half an hour to set up the studio. I <laughs> mean, it's all right. It takes us a while. When you get to talking though, yeah, it happens, yeah. right? Yeah. Right? Dude. I don't even know what to look like. I look at you. This is, this is so real and raw I, right now. I, I don't, you. Like, I don't even know what to I know, do right now. I know. Like it might be annoying to our watchers. All on, right. Forget on us. YouTube. So, okay, here's the deal. I'm going to start looking at you on the screen. All right, I'll do that too. And I don't even care if it's annoying to our guests. Like, <laughs> if I'm going to look over at you, right. I'm just so happy that you're in the room because, ladies and gentlemen, Justin Willoughby is one of my best friends. There are a few people in the world that know everything about me and the worst parts about me. Justin is one of them. And I probably know a lot of the worst <laughs> things about Justin too. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know some stories, man. He does. And you know some stories, man. <laughs> Dude, I just want to say, just like before we just begin, the one story that I always go back to is when we were sparring one time. You're, I mean, dude, I had to, okay, this, he's, he's, he's a big guy. Okay. Like tall guy. He's, he's, he's good. He like, you want him in your corner. All right. So he's like teach us this young Justin inexperienced, but so much in life even though I should have been more experienced, but you know, Josh had pity and mercy on me, hung out with me. And we, anyway, we got to be good friends, but we we're going to the YMCA. I remember we had boxing gloves on. We we're sparring with some other friends and man, I'll tell you what, he would start going at me and I'd run away from this guy. Like remember the time, like you went at like you and I think it was Bainey, like you guys, 
two big guys uh, would, would spar with me and I'd be like, I'm got this. I'm going to beat, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give him a good jab. Well, that didn't work out too well. I'd run away, man. He chased me like a bear. He was freaky. So don't mess with him. Okay. Don't mess with him, <laughs> man. Those were some fun times. I, I don't run away from you anymore though. No, no. Yeah. Well, you're faster than me now. So well. you might actually be strong. So another, when we used to work out, um, we saw on the internet that there was this uh, like tele famous televangelist who actually you were on his show. So Justin Willoughby oh. is, is world renowned. He was actually on the 700 club. That's right. Okay. The 700 club is like this Christian broadcasting program put out by Pat Robertson. And we read this article about Pat Robertson where Pat Robertson, and I'm not, I am not bashing Pat Robertson, but I'm also not siding with Pat Robertson. I, Cause I have no idea. I've never met the guy, it's a balance. but Pat Robertson said, told somebody that he could like leg press, like, 2000 pounds or something. Right. He's, I don't remember what he said. I don't it know how was, much weight it was. It was ridiculous. And so we, uh, my buddy Gage and I, we were in the gym with Justin and we we're like, Justin, how much do you think you could leg press? Because Justin, if you don't know this, Justin Willoughby used to weigh. I was Josh. I was one donut away from 800 pounds. One donut away from 800 pounds. Yes. And he lost a bunch of weight, but he was incredibly strong because every day he would have to lift all of that weight to get up. Like, so you were incredibly strong. So we wanted to know how much Justin could leg press. So we have him on the leg press machine and he's up to a thousand pounds, right? Like a thousand pounds on the leg press machine. And he's like, I can't do any more guys. We're like, so just trust us, dude, just close your eyes. Like, so we put a towel over his face and we're like, we will spot you. We will not let anything happen to you. We got you. And we kept adding weight, dude. I swear we got you up to like 2,200 pounds. I don't even know. I think I'm pretty sure it was 2,200 pounds and you kept going, dude. And you're like, oh, that's it. That's it. I'm like, just try one more. And we put another 150 pounds on and he's just like, dude, you're a freaking beast, dude. That's why my legs hurt today. (laughs) You have no knees left. That is one part of my leg just bothers living daylights out of me. And I want to cut it off sometimes, but I don't. Thanks to that moment. Thank you for ruining my life. You're welcome. A little bit of you is with me at all times. Anytime. I'll ruin your life every day. Ouch. (laughs) Ouch. Why am I here today? Well, uh, first of all. Because I think that, you know, we talked about your story before here on the podcast. Um, I'd like to talk about that story a little bit. You know, we just mentioned that you used to weigh a bunch of weight. Why don't you walk me through, uh, why don't you walk our guests through rather what that story looked like for you? And then I've got some other questions for you based off of your life since then that I think we could have a really meaningful conversation about. So, Justin, you used to weigh, you were one donut away from 800 pounds. One donut away, man. It was. How did you get there? Uh, so I was a big dude in, in elementary school, bodyguard status, right? Like kids loved me, like teddy bear lay on me at recess time or story time, I should say. And man, they would like, everybody loved me. Well, I weighed, I don't know what grade it was. Like, I don't know if it was fourth grade, third grade, but I was, I was almost pushing like 200 pounds at a young age like that. And I remember the nurse was like, you need to go on a diet. And I'm like, I know, you know, I didn't care though at that point, but, um, I was really big. I was really big, but I was happy. You know, the term fat and happy, this guy was fat and happy. And I remember just as time going on, I was just loving food. I mean, that was the biggest thing in my life. I love food, man. My my parents love food. I grew up in that element. Hot dogs and potato chips and ice cream were my BFFs. I uh, had a lot of fun with those. Ate a bunch of those in my life. I don't eat those things today. Can't stand those things today. <laughs> I love potato chips. But anyway, um, time went on. Got a little bigger, a little bigger, a little bigger. But it wasn't like terribly big every single, you know, every time I gained weight, just mediocre here, like five pounds here, two pounds here. Well, I got to, I got to a point, I believe it was when oh, I was 14, I was 14 and I was already a big kid. I'm not sure how much I weighed, but I'll tell you, I developed these anxiety and panic attacks really bad, tweaked out, freaked out, all that stuff. Dude, all of a sudden I had to find a way to cope with those things. Like I remember you make fun of me all you made fun of me so much for this. I had so bad. I had bad anxiety friends, bad. Like I'm telling you what, I'm sorry was, for making fun of you. No, you make just go ahead. I'm acknowledging it. I'm sorry. I was a jerk. That's right. You, you are, but you I thought were, I was helping you. I thought I, I thought that no. by teasing you about it, that I would no. actually like help listen you get up over friends. It. Listen up. This is my time. Listen, listen. <laughs> so I had anxiety attacks really bad and Josh, um, made fun of me for this reason. 
when I was young, I had my dad come in, like I thought I was dying all the time, right? Because anxiety was so bad, the chest pains, the, the palpitations, the shortness of breath. I'm like, I need, I need somebody to rub my back. So my dad would come in, he'd be like, you okay, son? He'd rub my back, rub my back. Well, when I get an anxiety attack around Josh or have a little anxiety, he's like, want me to rub your back? I'm rub your back. Like, it wasn't no, I'm gonna rub your back because I want to help you. He was trying to be like, <laughs> dude, stop. Anyway, I forgive him. It was funny. It was, right. It's funny to look back at today. Sorry, you made fun of me a lot, too. I did. A but lot. we don't want to talk about that right now. Okay. It's not the story, right? It's not story. <laughs> so, anywho, anxiety attacks got, like, through the roof on me. Held me in captivity, bondage to fear, and I was afraid to move, like, because it would make my heart race. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I'm dying. I'm dying. Every time I would go for a small walk or walk up and down my hallway to my bedroom, my heart would just race, and I would get pains, and even though the doctors checked it out and were like, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine. But it wasn't enough for me to understand it was fine, right? Like I still felt the symptoms. They put me on medications and you know what? Medications subsided things a little bit, but it wasn't enough to really take them away. So what I did is I would go to my best friend, not Josh Hatcher, but food. Food was my friend. I would eat that when I was happy, sad, depressed, anxious. It became a crutch in my life. And how many of us do that? Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure... Have, I'm sure you have crutches right. in your life. Yeah. Food, actually, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, you, he can relate. Like, it's real. It's real. You go to something because you have this void in you. Even though if you don't feel it's a void, it's a void. Mm -hmm. And so, you go to this thing and you're like, oh, it's going to take away all my pain. I'm going to be okay. If that's a bottle, if that's a drug, if that's sex, if that's porn, if that's gambling, if that's stealing, whatever you're. And it's you're, usually subconsciously, but it's there. It's, you don't even realize what you're doing, right? You don't even realize that that's something that's there. And then you're like, Wow, this this is this and looking back you can see this was an issue. This was an issue. So food was mine and I would go to it all the time and from not moving, overeating, and I had a food addiction on top of that, right? It was a bad addiction. And I would just eat and eat and eat. It wouldn't be a surprise if I sat down and ate eight hot dogs and a whole pack of buns in one sitting. Give me some chips, give me some ice cream with that. Man, you go down I, my brother, uh he was autistic and I I knew how to manipulate him. He's my older brother. And uh, so very smart kid, actually. He was smart. He was really smart. He had good memory of like radio station frequencies, DJs, things like that. And just incredible. But, you know, he's, he lacked the, he lacked the common sense of uh, how can you say that? Like, when I told him something, I could manipulate him and he didn't think about it as he's trying to manipulate me or he just wanted to be, make his brother happy, which man, I, I thinking back of that, like that makes me so happy today that he cared about me that much. Um, wasn't the right context, but at the same time, his heart was genuine and good. So I would say, Hey, Hey, you know, we live above a convenience store. Uh, so, Hey bro, could you go down and get me like, you know, some candy bars, a cappuccino? Uh, I don't have any money. Well, mom has money in her purse. So I would like steal my mom's money, man. I was, I was. I was insanely addicted, right? And so on top of the hot dogs and buns and the chips and all that stuff, he got me more food down at the, the convenience store. He'd come up with $10 worth of candy. Back then, $10 worth of candy was a lot of candy, okay, friends? So <laughs> I would eat that stuff and it'd be amazing. And I ballooned up. I ballooned up. I got really big, really big. And, and I remember I got so large, I had to go to the doctor one time. And uh, it was some insurance thing. My, my parents had state insurance and it was required physical of some sort that I had to get. And I haven't been to a doctor in several years, actually, at that point. And uh, if it was, it was just something really quick. Uh, so I remember I couldn't even fit in my car. This is how large I was getting from the addiction of food and the anxiety. I couldn't fit in a full-size Ford Taurus. That's how big the car was. And the back seat was, I mean, the seats were up, like the front seats were extended, everything, or, or you know, up to the dashboard as far as it could be. And uh, I still really couldn't fit. My dad actually had to take my leg and, and like wedge it in between the seats and then slam the door in a hurry to get me fit in that car. Got to the doctor. Doctor looked at me after I was wheeled in by a wheelchair, one of those large wheelchairs. And uh, he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like his face just said it all. Like he's like, his, his eyes lit up and um, it's a pretty famous pediatrician around here and uh, really great guy. And Man, he he was just really like flabbergasted of what was going on and how, what he saw. I mean, this has been a several years since he's seen me, and he was just like, wow. So he checked me over. I said, we need to get you some help. Uh, the next day, an ambulance came to my house. It was like something you see on like the Discovery Channel, like my 600-pound life. And uh, there was like a fire department team there. And I was like, what the heck is happening? My mom was like, we need to take you to the hospital. I'm like, I'm not going nowhere. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. I was a stubborn 14. I think at that point, I was 16. Uh, 16 year old boy, like, right. Yeah. I'm not taking me anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. 
and we have to go, we have to go. So I finally gave in and got to the hospital by ambulance and man, they weighed me in. They had a scale, like this scale in front. My mom was sitting on the butt on the, um, I was laying on the bed. She was at the bottom of the bed, but she was on a chair, kind of like viewing the bed, right? Like a chair in front of the bed. And she looked at this number on the scale and it said 7.99. And I was, and, and she whispered in my ear, honey, do you know how much you weigh? And I said, no. And she said, you weigh 799 pounds. I'm like, whoa. Like I didn't realize what to do with that. 16 years old. What do you do with that? Like your friends are all what? 110, 120, like whatever 16 year olds were at that point. Right. I was like triple quadruple huge. <laughs> I was, I was a big boy and uh, my life changed from that moment, man. I, I didn't know what to do. Um, doctors would come in and say, we need to do something about this. My oxygen level was going down. My heart rate was elevated. Um, now the blessing was Josh, I didn't have any real big issues except sleep apnea. Like I didn't have diabetes. It ran on my mom's side of the family. I didn't have um, a bad heart, uh, even though I felt like I did, right? But it was just anxiety. So it's incredible that I believe there was some divine intervention going on there. I thank God for that and protecting me from those things, um, protecting my stupidity and my my ignorance on how to take care of my body. And so uh, they, they weighed me in. I had to make a decision in my life, right? And and I couldn't do this stuff anymore. What I was doing wasn't working. I was killing myself. And it was a matter of time before my life would be over. I gave myself over to a substance like many of us, maybe even listening today, are giving ourselves over to something that we shouldn't be giving ourselves over to because we know it hurts us in the long run. We know that it's an addiction and it's ruining our relationships. It's ruining our, our lives. It's ruining our social lives. It's ruining our mental life. It's ruining a lot of things, but we just are afraid to pull the trigger and say, stop. We're, we're afraid to unplug that thing to stop and find help. Just encouraging you today, find the help because I needed it. And I know I'm a free man today. Not perfect. Just throwing it out there. Not perfect, but I'm a free man from that big addiction I used to have. So anyway, my life changed. I had to do something different. I'm a believer in Jesus. That changed my life. I'll tell you what, it gave me meaning and purpose. And then from that point on, my life just changed from that moment. I was a new man. I uh, had different thoughts. It wasn't overnight, but it was a it was a continual process of being changed from within and out. So I dropped like 600 pounds, Josh. Like, Dude. I don't know how many refrigerators are that. That's like two. Three, it's like two refrigerators. Two refrigerators. Yeah, I yeah. dropped two refrigerators, Josh. Or maybe, maybe three. I'm trying to remember. Was it? Well, was it, it I think a refrigerator was like 200 or 250, I think. We did the math one day because we, we, it was really fun to talk about like, Okay, how much weight did Justin lose? And I think we figured, I mean, I think it's two and a half refrigerators. I think is the math that we did. I don't remember. It's kind of ironic because I would go to the refrigerator all the time. Yeah. And now it's gone. <laughs> uh, but it's so good just to be here and sit here and just be a testimony of goodness. And uh, just, I'm, I'm just very, dude, I just have so much gratefulness in me and thankfulness in me about this. And um, I love how we're approaching, like this episode has been recorded around Thanksgiving time. And it just makes me really happy that uh, we could probably talk about that today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're. I know we're gonna we're gonna do very specifically uh, some work on our Thanksgiving episode. So this will air later, which I'm fine with that. But like, when we're gonna do another little bit for Thanksgiving, which is awesome. But like, looking at your life, dude, Thanksgiving gratitude is an awesome, a very awesome uh, perspective to have because you could have been dead. Yeah. And look at your life now, dude. Like, it's good. It's good, but you know, it's not. This isn't a, a Justin show because I want this to I want this to be something everybody can relate to. Even like you, I want I, I want conversing. Like I'm all about like life is good, but there's always there's always some junk in life that makes mm. it so you don't really appreciate everything until you get across that finish line of that one moment, and now you can look back and say that 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 moment grew me. Uh, there were some bumps along the road, man. I mean, even in the midst of a good life, there's bumps along the way that I haven't been happy with, um, and there's still bumps in my road sometimes, you know. But I'm grateful for overcoming the things, and I'm thankful and grateful for just uh, being able to get through those and and to build friendships and relationships and gain knowledge to help other people. Like there's so much that I'm so thankful for. Uh, in the midst of my mess that were, that was cleaned up, you know, but it took the mess for me to create that message in it. Right. And you ever heard that, mm -hmm. that type of analogy before that type of saying before, right. It takes a mess to make a message. And that's the truth. What happened to me? Like I I'm a, I'm a message to people because of the mess I was in. I, I know that in my life, you know, when I have struggled with my weight and right now I'm struggling, I'm working real hard to lose some weight. Um, and I've been pretty good with it, man. Like I went to a, a Friendsgiving brunch today. 
ninety hey. percent of the food was like cinnamon rolls and danishes and everything else. And my wife intentionally made a egg and um, egg and bacon like keto friendly. It's egg, bacon, and cheese is like the only thing in it. Like a quiche? Yeah, it was like a yeah, like a quiche, but it didn't have a crust. It was like Love a that bacon pan. Quiche, yeah. And then there was uh, uh, Gabe brought a ham, like a spiral ham cut up. That's what I ate, and I ate even though grapes aren't keto, there's a little more sugar content. I'm like, I'm gonna have a treat, and I had like a handful of grapes, and I'm like, I didn't even care. I was really proud of myself. I'm like, Justin's gonna be proud of me today. That's <laughs> I'm not proud of you. That was okay. I thought I was that jerk, uh, eh, dude. Actually, right. like, so your our relationship, uh, I think throughout, really, like our whole relationship has been. Uh, there's a lot of mentorship going back and forth both directions. I know I'm older than you. I'm, I think you're 10 years younger than me, right? Roughly. I'm 37. I just turned 37. How old are you? So I, I'm 45. Okay. Like, I say it like that because for the past year, six months, I've been telling everybody I'm 46 on accident because so you thought you were once you hit 40, some of your faculties go. And <laughs> so I thought I was older. My wife, like, my, my, I said something on Facebook about it, and my wife like called me out in the comments. She goes, "That's really great, except you're 45, oh, not 46." <laughs> that's like, love. When your wife calls you out on Facebook on a comment, <laughs> man, that's just puts you on blast out there like that. That's that's so that's rough. yeah. So so I'm, I'm like eight years older than you, I think. Okay. It, it, somebody home's like, no, that's that's not eight years because they because they can do math better than me, but that's fine. Uh, however many years ish. But a lot of our relationship has been where I've kind of been in some mentorship over you, right? As our in work in ministry and work in different places, helping you with PR, you know, and a lot of that. But there's a lot of our relationship where you've been mentoring me as well. You know, I mean, uh, honestly, you know, you've helped me spiritually. You've helped me work on my health and, and teach me the things that I need to know. So I love it that now we're at this place where we're like, you're not like one of my, you know, youth group kids. You know what I mean? Like you're actually like we're peers and I love it. Like I don't look at you as my little brother like I did then. Like I look at you like I actually look at you and I look up to you, which I think is pretty cool. That is cool. And dude, you had a banging youth group though. I'm not going to lie. Like I <laughs> love Josh. He was the – you were very – what's the word? Um, he risked it, man. Like he did some things that like – we did some fun things. Like we did like some games that probably be outlawed today. Like that Chubby Bunny games. That even, that even what people – it's the one you put like the – Alka-Seltzer in your mouth or something? No, no, it's called spew. Spew. Oh man, that was yeah, fun. Yeah, so you put an Alka-Seltzer tablet in your mouth, and then you take, you fill the rest of your mouth full of Sprite. That was amazing. And then you have to hold it in, and you face each other in a line, so whoever can hold it in the longest wins. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, and then Ariel ended up just swallowing it and pretending it was in her mouth. That's terrible. But then That's she cheating. burped. But then she burped the rest of the night, which was gross. Yeah. So, anyway, no, yeah, but. But I don't know, man, like I, I really appreciate your, your advice and your friendship and your encouragement to me as I'm, I've been on my journey and you're over there. Like, I just wish you would just stick with it instead of having to do it over and over again. Wouldn't it be great if I just like actually stuck with it? Like I keep, but you know what? Honestly, this past year for me has been recognizing the triggers for me and the, th the reasons that I go to the food and getting some healing for the re for the pain that I feel inside. And that has been I, like what I did this, this honestly, the past two years is I've been focused on that. I said, I'll worry about the weight later, you know? And now I'm working on the weight again and I feel a lot better about being able to work on it because I don't feel that same pull towards the, the, you know, the candy bar and the pizza to soothe yeah. me. You know, I think identifying, identifying what's the, what's, what's the wound, right? Like, like the band-aids are the food and things like that, but there's, yeah. there's obvious wound there that, that needs to be healed or needs to be talked about, like needs to be set. You need to be set free from, and it sounds like you have worked through that or at least get a grip on that to understand what it is. I don't think you're ever done fully working on things. I think, no, yeah. I mean, there's, there's going to be a day where it gets like so much easier, but I always think there's like, I mean, dude, I've been through a divorce. I've been through just some things that, that I didn't like, right. And things that were hard in life. And I'm still not hundred percent healed from those things. Like there's, mm. there's still moments that come up. Like I'm in town visiting my ex-wife lives here. Not that I have feelings for her anymore, but it's just, it's weird. Like this is where things happen. Like this is where things kind of like went on. My old life is here in, in, in a small town of Bradford, Pennsylvania. Right. And I'm in Texas 
as my new life right now with my new amazing hot smoking wife and my amazing stepson. Who Your wife my, smokes? Uh, hot smoking. Yeah. she. It's a new thing in Texas, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Baby, I love you. She's like brisket. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Texas brisket is off the chain, bro. But I'll tell you what, you, you, you get things and, and you still don't, you still don't always, you don't heal those from those things that quickly as people think they do. You know, I think I tried that. I tried healing from a divorce, uh, really quickly, really quickly. I mean, I, I masked the pain and then a year later that stuff comes back and it's like, Oh, now I have to face it. And bro, I'm in, I'm in counseling right now. Not because of that, but that's going to come up in my counseling sessions. And I'm just saying, guys, I'm an open book. I'm all about getting assistance with your mental health, because if it takes a counselor to have you communicate to them and get it off your chest and have them give you some strategies or some exercises to, to do on your own and apply, it will change your life. Like don't be too prideful. Don't be so, don't be so proud that you can't get some help. Right. I think the best thing I've ever did was get marriage counseling. The best thing I ever did was get spiritual counseling. The best thing I've ever did, done, did, whatever, the real, I'm in Texas, y'all. Uh, so, I mean, the best thing I could do is get that counseling because it really helped me, helped me identify what I was really feeling. Like men, you don't, we don't want to talk about our feelings. Except you're this guy. I love talking about feelings. But anyway, uh, most people don't, most men don't. And they're like, it's not a, it's not a man thing to do. Like, cry no, no way i'm not doing that or or you know i'm not going to show that i'm weak and truthfully when you allow yourself to get to a vulnerable state you can grow and become a better man that's the it's a beautiful part like you'd be a better husband a better father a better friend a better brother better uncle better grandfather i don't care who you are you can be a better person by just being vulnerable and transparent and growing allow yourself to be weak for a moment because no person on this earth is perfect and if you hold that facade you're tricking yourself and you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> you're not, nobody's perfect, man. But anyway, I've been through some junk and man, so, so have you, so have you and you've grown. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's what it's, it's the hard part. I think, you know, you talked about divorced and I know that a lot of our listeners have been through that. I don't want to, I don't want to drag it up in a way that like bashes your ex-wife because yep. everybody's heard that story over yep. and over again. I don't mean your story, but the ex-wife story in general. Yep. Right. Can we talk about like, let's talk about you though, working through that. Yeah. Like, like, so, you know, so without, like I said, like I said, I don't, I don't want it to be about bashing her, but let's walk through like what, what kind of pain came into your life and then how did you deal with that pain and how are you dealing with it now? So I want to, I just want to be frank and real. I'm not blaming my ex-wife for anything. Like her choice was her choice, whatever, but there was something that happened on my end that caused her to look somewhere else. And I'm not saying that it's all my fault, but I'm saying I got to take a little bit of ownership in that. Actually, right. I got to take a lot of ownership in that because was, and I had to identify Josh. I had to think about that. Um, and how much I love my wife. Now, my current wife, my last wife ever, like I love this woman and I'm so glad we're together and I've never wish anything different. Right. But, but you can go back and you can look at yourself as a person and you can say, how can I be different this time? than I was last time. Cause last time if I looked in the mirror, I wasn't that good of a guy. Like I, yeah, I was, I was a faith filled man. I was generous. I was kind, you know, and I and had you did some, love her and care about her. I did. Yeah. And I still care about her today. Right. Like I can say that I can still care about her today. And, and that's, that's the healing that God puts in a person. Like, and that's the way I can choose. I can choose to be a better man and choose to do the right thing and choose to forgive and move forward. And, you know, I had to look at myself and just say, Justin, you weren't good here. You, you, you didn't allow other people to speak into your life in this area where you could have been a better man in this area. Like you could have been a better man in, in the way you, you talk to her. You could have been a better man on how you treated her and eat and wasn't abusive. I wasn't verbally abusive or anything like that, but there were moments where I could have been a better man because women tend to crave your attention. They tend to want to be nurtured and taken care of in some way, even though they want their independence, they want to be taken care of. Like that's part of our job as men. We're to take care of them. We're to be their protector, their provider. And I know we're living in a culture today where say women and men have the same responsibilities. I will say, I believe that men and women are designed uniquely differently with different roles. I do believe that both can provide for the home. I do believe both make the decisions together. I don't believe men lord over women. I don't believe any of that, but I do believe we have some roles that we, that we're built with. Like, this is the way it was designed for men have this role. Women have this role and it's okay. Like love your lane, right? 
we have we have needs that we need to have met in a certain way. So a wife as a woman has certain needs that she ha- needs to have met. A husband as a man has certain needs he ha- needs to have met. And you know, the the security, the attention, the you know, those were the things that she was lacking, yep. right? And yeah, and and you're not saying you know, it was all my fault, but you are right. saying and I think this is important for everybody, right? Because it takes two to build a marriage and it takes two to break a marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Like like an affair or or a, a, a betrayal, like that seldom is like in an instant. That's something that takes time to build up. And when you look back, if you're honest with yourself, you can see your part in it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm yeah. not saying, oh, it's all her fault. Right. You know, because she hurt you. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's like it started with, like and and you can't change any of the things that she did in that scenario, but you can look at the things that you can change. That's I think my my suggestion is what can I change going forward? What what in me can I change? Because there's nothing about her that you can change. Correct. And your current wife, you know your 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 smoking wife. I'm just gonna call her that. I'm not gonna call her smoking hot because that would be awkward. Your smoking wife. And <laughs> Kristen's listening to this and she's like. Josh, just shut, shut up. up Justin, Josh. you too. Yeah. Both of you shut up. I'm not going to yep. listen to this anymore. Yep. No, but, um, you know, uh, approaching that, that perspective now where like my job here is to, my job is to look at the things in me that are broken and work on those. And uh, you know, the thing that I tell a lot of, because a lot of people will come to my wife and myself for marriage counseling. Usually they go to my wife because she's a pastor and that's her job. And then I'll get dragged into it. <laughs> Sometimes, and we'll, we'll do a little bit of marriage counseling. We are not professional counselors, so it's more like marriage advising, right? Yeah. And we'll say like, like, like the thing that most people don't understand is if you want to work on your marriage, work on you. Yeah, no, I, I, agree. I didn't mean to kind of like, like rabbit trail your your story. No, this is good. Uh, I think my mic's muted. Yeah, you are, you are muted. Okay. Uh, this mic is recording okay. you. All right. I was so, scared for a second. Yeah. I thought everything I said already. Yeah, no. So so this the microphone in front of you is going into my computer. I love it. Same so, tech tech stuff. But yeah. yeah. We got you. Yeah, dude, I remember um I remember uh one moment, one moment of when I need to take ownership. Like she came home from work one night. My ex-wife came home from work one night. She worked a a shift different than mine. And uh it was like 11:30 at night. I wasn't almost sleeping. I was actually asleep. And it was snowing out really bad. And this is a much of a, like, I, I just take ownership of this, um, of my attitude and how I handled it. I don't care if I was tired. Like she woke me up and she said, Justin, can you please check how I parked? Like we, we, she parked on like our, our parking area with the apartment we were renting at that point was on a slope. Like it was like down, right. An angle. And it was snowing pretty bad. Uh, and, and she was afraid that, you know, if a plow came through, get hit, the car would get hit, things like that. Well, she woke me up out of a dead sleep and, and she's like, can you please check the car? See if I parked over far enough. I'm like, she just literally just wanted that affirmation, right? That, that, did I do this good enough? Was it, is it out of the way? And I said, why'd you wake me up for? She goes, I want just to know that she's like, and I called her stupid. And I, that like, I tear up thinking that and not because again, it's a human being I'm calling stupid. And I was just emotional and tired at that moment. And there was no excuse. And I could have just shut my mouth and said, you look, I look, and I looked, that's the thing. I, I woke up and I went out and looked and I'm like, what are you stupid? You can't park a car. Like I remember saying that out of mm. my frustration and my hurt or my tiredness. And that, that, I don't know, like I go back and visit that moment, not feeling guilty anymore about it, but just, just regret. Yeah. It's like, why, why would I, why, like, why did I choose my words like that? Like I didn't choose my words. I said, I, I just reacted. I didn't respond. I reacted. And that shows what kind of a man I was back then. And in the heat of the moment, I let my guard down. And we're all guilty of doing those things. I'm not saying like, man, I that you know, I'm the worst human being in the world. I'm sure we all have moments where we regret those moments, but it just makes you look in the mirror, right? It makes you look mm-hmm. in the mirror and say, you don't need to be that guy. You don't have to go to that level. And, and I just take ownership of that. And men, I think it's important that we take ownership. It's take ownership of what you did. And Josh was on right on the money, man. You can't change another person, but you can certainly change yourself. And you gave me the most... Bad advice at that time, but it's the best advice ever. You said to me, Josh, I remember coming to you because again, Josh and I are like really good friends and you know, we lift each other up in times where we need each other. Right. And that's what friendships do. That's why it's important to have a a person in your life, men have a man in your life that you can go to as a brother and and a confidant and talk to them. And I remember Josh was like, dude, 
it's over. Yes. I mean, you can work on your marriage. You can try to get, you can try to work on that and get her back. But if it is over, Justin, you can't change her. You can only work on yourself. And I was like, I didn't want to hear that at that point. I didn't want to hear that I had to work on myself, Josh. Like I, that wasn't what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear you say it's her fault. How dare her leave me like this? How dare her do this? And the truth is you weren't, I mean, you were there, you're there to, you know, help me and, and, and love on me. And you would say, yeah, it's not right what she did. But at the same time, like, I didn't want to hear you say that it was some of me too. And, but I think it's important that we have the ears and you have to be, you have to be able to take that stuff. It might be hard to hear in the moment, but you got to be able to take those things and, and, and listen to what you did or what you could have done to really not add to the situation very well, man. How many times have, how many times have we have, have have we had those conversations where you put the you put the lens back on the person who's talking and say, "Well, you checked yourself in the mirror lately." That's hard to swallow, man. I remember. I'm actually getting tear eyed remembering that moment, dude. Like, because you're like, dude, let's talk. Because like, you lost everything in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you lost everything. You lost your job. You lost your wife. You lost your car. You lost your house. You lost everything. Yep. And you were like, Josh, we need to talk. Let's get together. Let's talk through this. And I'm, I just, I remember sitting in that car with you and I remember telling you that. And inside my head, all I wanted to say was all of the mean things about this person. Mm-hmm. And I actually have thought about that recently. Cause I've been like working, like I've been, I actually got bitter, dude. I was bitter for what she put you through. I was. And it was only fairly recently that I actually like in my heart said, I need to forgive her for what she put my best friend through. And so that was only recently for me, dude, like much I'm, I'm over here telling you, you need to forgive her and you need to work on your heart and you need to work on yourself. Meanwhile, in my head, I'm like that stupid blah, 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 blah. And I had to, I had to repent, right? Like to use a Bible word, I had to repent. I had to forgive and I had to let that go because we hold on to things like that. And that actually brings destruction, you know? And like, like it did, man. Like I, like, you know, when we hold on to that resentment, it, it poisons us and it doesn't even help or hurt the other person. Like the resentment in you, like I, I haven't even seen her since yeah. I've never even seen her living the same time. I've never seen her. Yeah. And, and if I did right now, if I saw her then I probably would have just like walked the other way. If I saw her now, I literally would just grab a hold of her, give her a big hug Yeah. because I miss her. She was a friend of mine yeah. too. You know? Yeah. That's beautiful. I, but, I appreciate you saying that. Uh, you know, it's really cool. So terrible situation. This is, this is the thing, guys. We can, you can choose to live in unforgiveness and harvest bitterness. You can choose to live in, well, betrayal and, and say, well, if you can do it, I can do it too. You know, you can, you can play that game, but it, it doesn't bring restoration to you. <laughs> and if there's a possibility of restoring your marriage, it doesn't bring rest- restoration to your marriage, right? Like you have to be able to be mature enough, even in your hurt and struggles, go find somebody to talk to. Go talk to God, go talk to a counselor, go talk to a brother, go talk to somebody who you can have a confidant in, right? Be a confidant in and, but talk to somebody like that. And you know what, in that situation, it's just really important that you, that you allow room for grace to abound. You allow room for transformation in your own mind. So my brother recently passed away in July, my older brother, uh, pretty crazy, didn't expect it, died young, um, but passed away. And I was wrecked from it, man. I was like, wow, like I haven't seen him in over a year. My plan was to come back and visit and to say hi. And, uh, it was just really hard. Right. And, and in the midst of that though, from, from going through the hard moment. So my ex-wife actually reached out via text. And this is where, if your heart can be in a genuine place, cause I don't know where anybody's at spiritually today, but I'm like praying for a moment, like let there be some closure. <laughs> I just want closure. I don't want to, I don't want to get back together. I don't want to be best friends. I don't want to, you know, be in the same room with her anything like that. Like that wasn't on my heart, but I just want closure. I just want to be able to like, you know, just move on from this and not have to worry about this stuff anymore and, and just get it off my heart, my chest, my mind, all that stuff. And anyway, I received a text message from her and it was enough. All I needed for closure. And I, th- I thank God for that. Cause it was just like, she just said, I'm sorry for what happened. I'm happy for you and your wife. Um, and, and then she was sorry for my brother passing away. And she said, I hold no hard feelings to anybody. 
Uh, and then it was just an amazing opportunity for me to like, I was actually working out at that time. I was on the elliptical. Justin's always working out, I'm always by the way. Out. Like even right now I have a, pe- no, I'm just kidding. No, it's like pedaling. <laughs> uh, I was on the elliptical and I had to like step off the elliptical because my heart was just like, boom, boom, boom. I was having a panic attack. You weren't there to rub my back. It was just ridiculous. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, but I had to, I read it and I was just like, this is amazing. Like that's what I, that's exactly what I wanted. And I was able to text back and say, thank you. Um, no hard feelings. We're both grown now, you know, and we're mature now in different ways. And, and then best of, I wish the best for you and your new husband. Like it was an incredible moment. No more texting after that, no more conversing. It was all I needed for that closure. And the only reason I could get there is because I allowed myself to grow and mature, look in the mirror and, and respond instead of react. I, I got mm-hmm. rid of my hurts. I was able to get rid of those as I worked through them. It wasn't overnight. It wasn't right. overnight. It was a process and men give yourself some grace. It's a process. You might see that woman again or that person again and be like, I can't stand looking at you right now, but give it another three, four, five weeks or another couple months. And you can say, I can stand looking at you for two seconds, but I still can't stand looking. You know what I mean? It's a process, right? right? right, right. So just wanted to be real. Like it's amazing what can happen when you allow yourself to be teachable. You allow yourself to be humble and vulnerable and you allow yourself to heal. Would you say that now that you're at that place, that your relationship with, with your smoking wife is 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 better like do you think like like you know and like i like that's a good question because i have seen everywhere you go there you are so if you pack up and move to texas or if you get a new marriage or you get a new job all the problems that you had are still with you right like you don't solve the problem by changing your location or changing your spouse or change like so would you say that like working through that and finding healing has brought, has made a difference now in the rest of your life. My relationship with brisket is, Ah! sorry, (laughs) is, uh, is a lot better than my previous relationship. Is it perfect? Mm -hmm. No. Here's the other thing, man. She was previously divorced and the same thing happened to her in her previous marriage. And, oh man, that, that it's with two people getting remarried who both come from hard pasts of a relationship that that wasn't good and was hurtful, it doesn't always start well, right? Like it's cool when you're dating because like, oh no, there's there's really no like it's it's just easy stuff, right? We can go out to eat, we can go, you know, back to the house, we watch a movie, we can do that stuff like that, right? But but when you get married, now it's a real thing. Like you go through premarital counseling. They don't prepare you for this stuff. Like they talk about it, but like until you're actually living and seeing and experiencing these things with the person. It's not always, you can't always be taught these things. You have to experience these things. But I will tell you, uh, we've been through some counseling together, my, my, my wife and I, and uh, we both had to heal from things. We both were, we both were uh, really hurt by some of the things we did to each other and said to each other because of our previous hurts, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would blurt out things like, just like your ex-husband, right? And like, that's not right to say, but I said it out of my hurt. She hurt me with something. And, and just moments like that, like we had to stop saying those things out of, out of our hurts. And um, yeah, I, I would say it's better, but at first it wasn't at first mm-hmm. it was, it was, it was actually, it was actually, she knows this. I can say this. It was actually harder than my first marriage at the beginning. Mm-hmm. That's weird to say. And I actually allowed the word divorce to come out of my mouth several times. And that's because I was still healing from my previous relationship Mm -hmm. and it wasn't okay to say, I'm not giving myself any justification for it. I need to take ownership and say, I said it and I admit it today. I'm very vulnerable right now and transparent with y'all. But we don't say that D word anymore. And if we do, it's wrong and we need to make sure we're being better people. Like there's, there's no reason. And we call each other out on it. Like there's no reason to say that. And she said it out of her mouth a couple of times too, Mm -hmm. out of her hurt. So it's been a long while since we've said it. We're in a really good place today. Are we perfect? Probably. No, not at all. Not at all. Which by the way, so when he says we don't say the D word or we don't talk about divorce, let me just illustrate that principle because I think that matters. This is something I know my wife and I have built our relationship on. And I know that that's what you guys are working on building too. Like, like now, and, and I, I get it. I understand that there is, that life is hard and sometimes marriages fail and sometimes divorce happens, right? So I'm not saying this in condemnation for anybody that's in that situation. I'm not saying that for anybody who's in an abusive situation, okay? But I am saying that if you are two committed people that want to make a marriage work, you're committed to make it work, 
you can't be threatening divorce every time you get in a fight. You just erase the word from your vocabulary. Yeah. Like, and if you say it, then what you're doing is you are setting yourself up for it. Like, if it's an option, then it's your escape hatch. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think of like the illustration of like, um, and I think this was the Vikings who would go and they, they, you know, you had Vikings who would go and they would raid cities and then come back and bring their loot, right? And then you had Vikings who would go to conquer and they would go to a city and when they got there, they would burn the ships because there was no escape. They were settling there and they were taking over this new region and they were going to stay there. So they would get there and they would burn their ships. And that that's, I think, if you want to say, we're going to be married forever, you have to have that attitude about it. Like, there's no way out. We're going to die and then then we're out. And so, like, I think that's the perspective almost that you have to have when it comes to saying we're not getting a divorce. You know, we're just not going to say it. We're not going to threaten it. If we're angry, we say something else, you know. But I just thought that would be worth unpacking. Like, I want to go have sex. That's better. Yeah. yeah. I mean, use the word sex. I mean, she doesn't say yes, but still, it's 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 a lot better. Like, we're talking about men here, right? Like, Like, I just want some brisket. Like, like, let's go. Let's go. Like, I want to have some barbecue. No. Yeah, no, I got you, dude. No, I just, get it. Yeah, but it's so true, man. Like, like if, if you just act like two committed people who love each other but don't always like each other, you'll be fine. You don't have to always like each other. Like, that's the thing. Like, I don't always like my wife. She doesn't always like me. Like, there's moments where we get on each other's nerves and, you know, get away from me for a little bit. And it's fine. Like, and we're not mean each other like that. We just know. Like, you kind of see the buttons, right? Like, right. like when your wife says, Josh, go do something, obviously, it's a, it's a, it's probably just a cry to say, leave me alone for a little bit. <laughs> You know, and it's okay, right? Or she's like, no, Josh, come closer. I don't know. So I think we're pretty good at knowing when to leave each other alone and when to be close to each other. So the longer that you're married, the more ESP develops between you. Yeah. And so like, I'm like, I can walk in the room and know whether I should talk to my wife or not. Like there's a smell in the air. It's like, (laughs) don't talk to Zoe today. Don't talk to her until after lunch. Something smells foul. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's just there. And we have, yeah, we, we, but in nobody's relationship is perfect. We have our struggles and we've had to work through some things. We've had to go through some counseling. Um, we actually, the two of us didn't go to professional counselors, which in, and part of that is my fault. Also the place we live doesn't have a lot of people that are, um, let's just say that mental health and counseling in this area where we live, there's not a lot of good options. And, because of that, I was, and I think you may have struggled with this too, like the, the ability to trust someone. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. like that's hard to trust that this person is going to be able to help me to trust that this person is going to be able to have my back to trust that this person can help me work through this issue. And, uh, you know, that I think was an issue for me, but we ended up finding some friends who had gone through this curriculum. And they went like, look, we'll walk through this with you. And oh my gosh, that was super helpful. It was during like COVID times when everything was stressful and I was laid off and I was home and she was, yeah, it was a crazy time. So two things happened during the COVID season with husbands and wives. They either had more kids or they just didn't understand each other. (laughs) I mean, that's what it came down to. Yeah. Either made more babies or like killed each other. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. Or both. Actually, the, the domestic abuse rates went through the roof. Yeah. Because... People were so stressed out. And if you have a problem, they weren't dealing with it. Now they're together all the time. And yeah, that's actually one of the things that like people were holding like against the people that made the decisions was like, do you realize how many people, how many women were, you know, I mean, and men, that's actually something nobody talks about is that domestic abuse goes both ways. Yeah. Like, you know, there were, but it was, the rates went through the roof because people had no escape. They had no way out. They were stuck at home. Man, it it was, uh, I mean, I was single at the time I had, I mean, my current wife and I were good friends and I was sort of, we were sort of dating. We differ on the time we started dating, but that being said, I was right, obviously. Uh, but still, I mean, I had it, I was pretty lonely during that time, but yeah, I can only imagine like living with somebody and not being able to leave the house and not being able to go to your job and not being able to go to the gym. Like, and, and you just want to have an escape route. Right. And it was hard to find that. Yeah. I mean, and it takes a lot. It takes like relationships are an art. I don't know. I mean, we're talking about relationships a lot right now, but truth is like, as men, we need to talk about these things. We need to have these, these conversations because it's true that you can be a super husband. You could be a super dad. You could be a super friend, a super brother, super uncle, super grandparent. Right. 
it's amazing. You can be, but it takes work. It takes work. It it's an art to develop that. It's a years and years and years of experience to, to eat up the knowledge, eat up the experiences uh, and, and actually apply those things. I mean, things do not get better unless you apply, unless you apply, unless you change something. You have to erase what's not working, do that less or don't do that at all and actually start doing things that do work. So it's an art, man. I mean, I'm grateful. I'm going back to this topic at hand. I'm grateful. I'm thankful of all the pain I've been through. And I know a lot of people would say that. And it's hard to say that when you're in the process of it and moment of it. But I'm thankful for what I've been through because I now have become a better man because of that. And now I can sit here on a podcast in the freaking man cave. Yeah, and I, buddy. What, what? And I can actually say, this is what I've done. This is what I've experienced. And now... This is what I can offer you and what Josh could offer you to give you some help. And this is actually blessing me right now, man, because I need to hear these things continually. It's like how many times, I mean, how many of us have ever gone back to like, maybe you have a son in your life or a daughter in your life or even a, a kid in your life and you go back and they're in school and you're looking at the new math they're going through, right? Like if you don't do this stuff for a very long time, if you don't memorize these things, if you don't see these things often, you don't know how to do that math problem. So same thing with our knowledge today. Like, we have to hear these things continually to be reminded, this is how to be a better man. This is how to have a better relationship. This is how to have a better marriage. And this is how you can be a better person overall. I just, I love this. I'm thankful for that, Josh. Well, I'm thankful that, that, that you've been in my life, bro. You've, you've, you've given me good stuff throughout my life and I appreciate you. So, Hey, uh, while we're talking, call me on my crap, dude. Do you want me to like call you like right here? Yeah. Call me on my crap. Did you tell me what recording? I need to know? Did you stop? No, recording? I'm not stopping recording. Call me my crap. Cause uh, this is not the spot. This is rough. All right. If I'm in a paper tomorrow of a deceased individual, <laughs> you know what happened. You know what happened? No, man. I think so. Josh, Josh, I've noticed though, has, I would say back in the day and I'm going to paint this picture because I've seen a lot of growth from you. Um, there was a point I think in your life where there was probably a little bit of pride on your end on certain things, like on your knowledge, right? And like, like Josh has a lot of knowledge. He's, he's awesome. And, um, I think there was points in his life where he thought like, I know enough. I don't need anybody to tell me what to do. Like we, we, we coach, like I coached you a couple of times. Right. And, uh, yeah, coach me like with weight loss, you've right, weight right. loss. Right. 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 Um, so we've had conversations and, and a couple of times, I mean, they've, they've never really succeeded. Right. Because, because Josh is smart. He has knowledge. He knows these things. And so when somebody tell like he's one of you're one of those guys, I feel like somebody tells you what to do. You're like, no, I hear you, but I'm gonna do it Josh's way. There's a little bit of that going on. And I just see differences in you today, though. Like, I don't know where you're at today. because we don't really hang out much anymore. Only see you on social media. Cause you live like, in Texas. I live in jerk. Texas. I know I moved away. So because you live here, I'm moving Josh. I don't want to be with you anymore, <laughs> no. bro. Okay. So no, let's, I, I will take that. I will take that. I do think I'm working on it. I do think I'm getting better, but like, yeah, like, like I'm a rebel. Yeah. So you tell me what to do. I'll say, no, screw you. I'm going to do the opposite. Yeah. I saw that. And, and you actually told me you fired me from your, from your, <laughs> you fired me twice. Actually. I think I was no longer your customer because you're like, I can't, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Actually, time. one time I fired you cause I just was out of money, but the, that's, uh, <laughs> um, that's true. No, that's true. I think it was one on one. No, um, but it was, it's, it's true though. I mean, I mean, we, we need to be, we need to be coachable and, and vice versa, man. You try to teach me a couple of times in life and I would do some of the similar things. Like yeah, you ha you'll hide from me. I, yeah. Dude, I don't hide I, from you too, though. I do. I hide from you when you don't hear from me for a couple of weeks. Yeah. You need to, you need to ask me, how are you doing, dude? Are you eating candy bars? Uh-huh. Cause I am, I am. If you don't hear from a couple <laughs> weeks, I am. <laughs> you saying it. No, you got to be precise. So when I ask them, you might, you might not be eating candy bars that oh. day. You'll be a donut that day. No, but you're dude. not going to tell me about donut, bro. You're going to talk about the candy bar. No, I'll tell you. If you ask me how I do it, you though, categorize it. you though, will do that. Like, like I'm like, Hey dude, are you doing this? No, I'm not doing that. But you're doing the other thing you won't tell me about. Yeah, no, right. I will tell you the truth. I will <laughs> always, so true. I, like if you ask in, in, this is the thing that I think most guys need to know, right? It's okay to say, how are you doing? And if you have a good relationship with somebody, you know, that's code for, are you beating your wife? Are you looking at porn? Mm. Are you eating candy bars? You shouldn't be eating. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. like the, the problem we have though, is that we just say, fine, that's... like you've got to answer that question. Like you've got it. And, and you actually have to have like almost have a rapport yeah. where you say, instead of just saying, how are you doing? Like, ask, just ask the question, like how, and it doesn't work for somebody that doesn't want to be held accountable. And at times in my life, I have not wanted to be held accountable. You went to the extreme a couple of times, hold me accountable. 
Like, remember the time where oh my I gosh. Had, remember the time where I had uh, I think is my ex girlfriend and I were alone <laughs> in my parents' house and we were alone for like hours. Well, okay, first of all, and and because we're Christians, your commitment and you were serving in some ministry at the time. Yeah, your commitment was we're going to wait to have sexual relations until we're married. Right. I will need you to hold me accountable to this, Josh. That was the Correct. conversation. Correct. Because I need you to hold me accountable so that I don't. Why are you gonna set up. this up? Let me just say it the way I want. Well, to. it matters because no. it, like I'm not gonna just show up at somebody's house there's, and say. There's two sides to every story, friends. Let well, me tell you my side. And okay, now you can tell me your side because I, I set I, the stage properly. No, it's true. It's true. It's true. I, so, I uh, yes, we as as a Christian, I, like I believe that you should wait, and a lot of men don't want to hear that, but truthfully. It, there's a good thing about that. It's just awesome. It's it's a good experience, and both of you learned at the same time. And not to camp out on that, but um, but I had permission to hold you accountable. Yeah, I mean, I, Josh was like, you're, I mean, dude, you're like a brother, accountability partner to me, and and I remember, uh, I don't know how you caught wind of it. I don't know how you knew. This is what's weird about it. I you was just driving you? by the highway, oh. and I just knew. That's so strange. Nobody told you. No, I just knew. That's weird. I'm just telling you. Sometimes you just know. It's weird. And I thought I'm just gonna check and see how he's doing. And you wouldn't answer the door. I would not. I, I literally was, I think. I think you were naked. No, we were not. We were making out. We were making out. But but I don't think we were going that direction <laughs> you would, yet. So I knock on the door. I'm like, Justin, are you in there? What's going on? How's it going, Justin? You wouldn't answer the door. I did not answer the door. He kept knocking, knocking, and knocking. And then my ex-girlfriend at the time, she was like, I just want to get the door. And I was like, I mean, hey, I, could hear, I could hear professional wrestling on the TV in the background, so I knew you were there. <laughs> we were not watching. Okay. That's, that's what you call it. Justin is a professional wrestling fan. I am. I like WWF. Can we say that? We copyright that? I caught <laughs> WWF, and I like WWE sometimes. Anyway, uh -huh. so you knocked on the door. I finally answer. I didn't open up the door, though. I opened up a little screen thing. Like, there's like a screen on the door. Oh, yeah. I opened it up like, yes. And you're like, what are you doing, dude? I was like, oh, nothing. <laughs> I was just like, he knows. He's like, uh, is she over? And I said, I think I told the truth. I mean, I, I, I couldn't do anything about it. I mean, it's just, he, he caught me. He's I like, didn't mean to. I know, but like, I just knew I needed good. to check on you. So. It's good. Like my flesh was like my bot. My, my, I was just like, dude, get away. I'm going to, I'm going to get some, right? Like I want to do this right now. And like, that was probably the intent, you know? Um, but it didn't happen, right? Because because Josh I'm, ruined it. No, <laughs> but it's good. It's good. Like I'm, I'm joking. Good, I'm a good boner blocker. Man. <laughs> he is. That was good. Blocked. <laughs> Blocked. And he just put it out there. He's like, "Want to come over to my house, watch a movie? Guys, come over to my house. Um, you know, it's 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 cool." And I was like, "No, I'm good. I'm good." And then I think you ended up leaving. We didn't go with you, but it was like a mood killer, and it's over. And I think she just went home. So, yeah. but. Yeah, that, that's and I say that example because sometimes we need to beat up on each other's grills like that, and it's okay. At the moment, it sucks. Nobody likes to have that that confrontation. I, I do think it should happen with, like I said earlier, when I set the stage, you have to have permission yeah. to do that. Like you don't just walk well, up to some somebody that you barely know. Well, yeah. Like like that was our relationship in that. Like right. my job was to hold you accountable because you asked me to. Right. And, you know, I like Justin. I'm letting you know now, man. You're calling me my crap. I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to check in with me and see how I'm doing and making sure I'm staying on track. Yeah. Because if not, if you don't hear from me for a couple of weeks, I want you to check in on me. I, I hear that. And the other thing is too, like, I get what you're saying too, uh, making sure you know, give us other permission, but sometimes we don't give permission. I'm not saying like, I agree with you. Don't go up like somebody you don't really know and say, Hey, what are you doing? Or like, obviously there's a moment of that, but, but when it comes down to it, I think sometimes we're afraid to get in, in each other's lives. And sometimes it warrants a, a moment of knocking on a door, even if you didn't ask for that. And I, I would, like, I do that to you. If I, I love you, I know you, I don't have, if I didn't have that relationship quite like that with you, I probably would still like say, I love this guy enough to say, I want to knock on his door. It might not be at his house, but like on his heart, right. Or his mind, dude, are you doing drugs? Dude, are you smoking? Like, I mean, I could talk about that stuff because, and, and we can't be so afraid to, right. I mean, there's a time and place. I'm not saying do it to every single person or nobody, you know, somebody you don't really know. I think, but I think if you do it, if love lovingly. is your goal, yeah. If love is your goal, you care about a person, yeah. and that's why you're having this conversation. With yes, them. not yeah. to make sure, not to make them sound bad or look bad or make them feel guilty about it. It's more like a, bro, it could be better. You could be better than this, right? Like some guy yesterday at the store was telling me, he's like, "Yeah, they caught me a DUI without a license," and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> Take a step back a second. I'm like, "Wait," uh, and you're not going to do that again, right? Like you're good now, and like, did I have the authority to say don't do that again? No, but because I cared about this guy, I'm like, listen, man, I said, there's a better way, right there. You don't have to do that again. Yeah. I'm not gonna do that again. I know. Yeah, like yeah. kind of joking about it at the same time. It's like, 
there's a better way, man. You mm. don't want to live like that, right? Knock on his door. It's okay to, I think that's a good takeaway. Knock on someone's door when the appropriate time comes up, right? Don't be a jerk about it, but love somebody enough. Love your brother enough to go and say, hey, how can I pray for you today? How can I love on you today? How can I hang out? How can I show you that I care about you today? Um, just hold them accountable to some things. Love on them. It's things like that. I think it goes a long way. All right, Justin, you know the drill. I got three questions to ask all my oh, guests. I hate this time. I've asked you these questions before. Ah. What I love is that every time, because I don't have a whole lot of repeat guests, but I've had some here lately. I love it because you answer the question. People answer the questions differently each time, which is kind of neat. Let me stretch. So, all right. First question. Are you all done stretching? Yep. Okay. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> what does it take to be a man? Takes... Oh, this is hard. Okay, there's a lot of answers you can have here. Like, I don't care. So, give me one. Give me right. one. It takes it takes somebody who has a firm foundation on and a value system. I really do think I feel a value system, right? And I don't want to give big answers, but I'm just saying like a value system that you can that other people can glean from, learn from, and be better people by, right? And you can be a better person by. Good. That's a good answer. Thank you. One for one, baby. Let's See? go. Let's go. Okay. What do you got? All right, you can go back in time and talk to 10-year-old Justin. Oh. Like, 10-year-old Justin. Yes. I didn't know 10-year-old Justin. You did not. You could talk to 10-year-old Justin. What are you going to tell him? Don't get fat. It's okay to seek help over anxiety and panic attacks. There's really nothing to be so anxious over. I don't know why you're being anxious. And eat healthy. Because not that I... I do appreciate my story, but I... I wouldn't go, I wouldn't want to go back and relive it. I'll be honest with you. So dude, don't get overweight. Like take care of yourself. Good. Good advice. Would he have listened? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on who told me that. Did anybody else tell you? Not many people. Mm. A couple teachers did, but it wasn't very like, it wasn't a sit down conversation. Simply like I a, think if you if future you told him that he'd listen because it was if I had pictures you. like you're gonna get this big this is what you're gonna look like I'm be like oh I better stop eating that Twinkie yeah there you go okay right. that worked so, so if you go back in time if you ever do that you got to take pictures yeah but the share song will be playing while it's happening the share song is that share yeah that's share good job yes. good job that's bonus points right? <laughs> two for two with bonus points all right bonus points all right third question okay what is your best advice for the men listening today ooh yes this is good. I basically just sum up what we talked about today. It's okay to be vulnerable and transparent and to seek help and become a better man that way. Like you don't have all the answers. You need help along the way. You need brothers in your life. Go get some brothers in your life. That you can count on trust and help you through this relationship called life. <laughs> is that even a thing? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Life Close is a relationship. Enough. Yeah. With you, with God, with other people. Yeah. Three, three for three plus bonus points. Two for three with bonus points, but that was a good answer. Okay, so that wasn't like the best answer. That's all right. It's good enough. Yeah, I love you, dude. Men, men, rise up, be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really good. Erased. It's just fun giving you a hard time. I know. All right, dude. Uh, so let's say our guys want to connect with you. They want to know more about your story. They want to see what you looked like when you were really big. They want to maybe get some more advice from you. Maybe there's guys out there that are really struggling with, you know, working through a divorce. Maybe they're really struggling with losing weight and they want some help, want some advice. What, how should they get in touch with you? They can, uh, first off, social media is awesome. Best place to get a hold of me is there. It's really facebook.com backslash Justin Willoughby. See, really easy. Um, my name. So you can check me on there. You can go ahead and DM me there. Uh, I mean, that's really about it. I would prefer that. That's a good avenue if you have Facebook. Uh, Instagram is Insta with Justin. Insta with Justin. So you can check that out there as well. But those are my two avenues. I do have an email, Josh? You can just put it in the yeah. Put it in the notes. We'll get in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Connect with connect with a uh, big old Justin. Big, not so big anymore, old Justin. Lil Justin. Lil Lil L I L. So, oh, we didn't even talk about hip hop. I guess oh, we'll have to talk about episode. that for another episode. I have no episode. That's Justin right. used to be a rapper and he's actually really good. That's right. It was fun. It was a good time. I was a hip hop producer. He was. We had I, I wasn't that good, but we had fun. You, you shot up music video. Yeah. The music video was good. That was pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, you're a man of talents. You're good. <laughs> Justin, I am so grateful that you spent some time with us today, man. Thank you. 
Thank you. Love y'all. Love you, bro. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Justin, you have no idea how much I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with me on the Manlyhood Mancast. You are, like I said, one of my best friends, and I respect you, and I appreciate you, and I thank you for all the wisdom and the love you poured into my life. Uh, I'm hoping that your interview helps some guys today. Uh, if you're out there, guys, and there are things in this interview that are speaking to you, that you want to unpack, that you want to talk about, I want to invite you into the Manlyhood Man Cave. It's our private Facebook group. It's made for men like you, and we build each other up. Yeah, you might see some stuff you disagree with. Yeah, you might see some posts from somebody that, like, I don't know if I like that. I don't know if I agree with that. What I can tell you is regardless of that, it's a place where men can build each other up. And everybody's goal is to help each other become better men. That's the kind of men we have in the Manlyhood Man Cave. And if that's you, and if you want to be a part of that community, all you've got to do is join because it's completely free. You know, a lot of guys out there are charging a lot of money to be a part of groups like this. And I'm sure I could be doing the same and making a lot of money off of manlyhood. And maybe someday we'll find some ways to make some money off of it. But what I don't want to do is I don't want to get rich off of helping you become a better man. (laughs) So the manlyhood man cave and the content that you're getting right now, this is free for you because I am investing in the world. I'm saying I want there to be better men out there. So that my kids and my grandkids and my great-grandkids can grow up in a world where there are better men. And, yeah, so this is my investment. So that's what I want to see you do is I want you to take advantage of that investment by being a part of the Manlyhood Man Cave. Just join the private Facebook group, uh, answer the questions, we'll let you in. And I'd love to hear from you about the things that you are curious about, about the things you've learned. Let's talk. Anyway, guys. Thanks again to Justin for being on the show, and thank you guys for listening. As always, I love you, I'm proud of you, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manlyhood Mancast. If you want to be a better husband, father, leader, a better man, you need to join our private Facebook group, the Manlyhood Mancast. Join today. Please help us out with a like, comment, share, and subscribe. And check us out at manlyhood.com.